a crisis can, can either break us or it can make us. And we're choosing for it to make us. And we're going to make this make us. Welcome to Pick a Peer's Future of the Industry series. This is where we discuss innovation, technology, sustainability, and travel. We host industry leaders, entrepreneurs, business owners, and experts of the maritime industry from all around the world. Pickapier provides technological and sustainable solutions to optimize marine operations and to make the sailing experience for boaters easier and more accessible. I am your host, Shlomi Singer. Today we are interviewing Nico Saltopoulos, COO of Marine Traffic. Nico, how's it going? Hey, Shlomi, good to see you. Yeah, you as well. Uh, so last time we spoke, I think it was like three weeks ago, and we scheduled, I wanted to schedule a call with you for, mon- for Wednesday. But you said uh, we uh, we don't take calls on Wednesdays because of uh, we call it Deep Work Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Everybody needs Deep Work Wednesday. I, so I, so I love that. Yet. I love that. So tell me more about it. I, I I tried pitching it to my bosses. I think I just wasn't clear enough. But just give me give me like the pitch about it. Done. Well, uh, we were totally like many other companies inundated with with workflows, and if you just let it be, you're constantly interrupted. So you can never actually get the stuff done that you want to get done. So I'd read a book by this guy called Cal Newport, and his book is titled Deep Work. And what he basically talks about is shallow work, like all the tasks and stuff, all the remedial stuff that you do, where you can like tick the box and go, yeah, done, 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 versus deep work. And deep work is the stuff that you need to like. Uh, exercise a bit of uh, uh, concentration and thinking and effort on, but that's when you truly create. And in order to create, like you need a flow and there ain't no flow if you're always interrupted. So he talks about, you know, blocking out time where you can get into that zone versus always performing at this zone. So what we did, we rolled out uh, Deep Work Wednesdays across the whole organization. And what that means is no meetings, no phone calls, no nothing. Just focus on creating good stuff. So don't call me on a Wednesday. <laughs> I love you, but I don't want to talk on a Wednesday. Uh, I, I love that idea because so many times throughout my day, I am, I'm just busy and overwhelmed with uh, what's called, you know, putting out fires where uh, I have to give, uh, I have to send this email out. I have to respond to this guy. Uh, my, my boss is calling me. And, and then if I knew that, okay, I just one day where nothing's important to me except for like this like really important project and, and nobody can nobody can interfere or get in my way and and it's really important it's really important because it, it actually creates momentum um we we can uh hurdle through work and through the days of our lives not really feeling a sense of accomplishment like we're, we're always kind of running 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 and we never get a chance to actually look back and go oh my god that was huge that was great I, I, I was able to finish this off and, and really celebrate it. And unless we actually carve out, consciously carve out the time to do that, you're always hurtling and sometimes hurtling without purpose. And that's where it gets dangerous because if you lose purpose, if somebody loses purpose, then they lose inspo and they lose uh, focus and motivation. And you don't want that. You just don't want that. So this is just another, another uh, tool in the, in, the, in the set to really help harness a good culture, a, product, a productive culture, but a culture where people actually feel like they're contributing because they are. So, so you pitched this to, your, uh, to the CEO of the company and then you got it, uh, you first implemented it in your own department, right? In your marketing department and then you kind of pitched it to the CEO or how did it work? 
Yeah, so the we, we run a regular uh, EMPS. So we've got all these internal uh, surveys that we run and we pick up a lot of uh, nuances of how the team are feeling. And the team did feel that they were inundated with too many requests, too many interruptions, too many phone calls, Slack, all of that. So you're right, I did pitch it to the CEO and then together we took it to uh, the leadership team and we had a conversation around it. And initially, as a working title, I'd called it No Meeting Wednesdays, mm-hmm. which is somewhat limiting in, in retrospect. But our senior partner, um, Ariyuri Sasinaki, said, well, you know what? I-, I think it should be Deep Work Wednesdays because that's what it's all about. And we just ran with that as a title and it's been uh, in the organization since. So a year and a half now. Wow. Wow. So what do you, um, so like right now with, uh, with COVID-19, I know a lot of your employees are working from home and how, how does, how, I mean, what type of processes have you changed? What type of other initiatives have you led in order to make sure that uh, the employees stay productive, that they're as happy or as secure as much as they can be? You know, I think uh, mental health right now is just so important. And I think you initiated like a day off from, for everybody. I read one of your articles recently. Um, so what else are you doing and, and how do you exactly promote those uh, initiatives? Thanks for asking that question, Shlomi. It's something that we're really proud of. And to be honest, I mean, we had a bit of a practice run in January. Every January, we have our, our summit meeting, our kickoff meeting for, for the year. And this January, on the third day, it's a three-day meeting, on the final and third day, we had people dropping like flies because people weren't feeling well. And what it ended up being was uh, an influenza outbreak, H1N1, within the organisation. And we straight away kicked into action. We, um, we shut the offices in Oxford, uh, Singapore, and in Athens down for about a week and a half post that. And we, we basically, without knowing at the time, created a bit of a playbook with how to manage COVID-19. Now, at the same time, by mid-January at this point, we were keeping a close eye on what was happening uh, throughout Asia and then quickly spreading throughout the world. So... We, we kind of knew something was coming and we kept, a, as I said, a super close, close eye on it and we had a playbook in place. So we had all this. At the same time, we always wanted to be a, uh, better at remote working. And get this, the, the vision of our CEO and the leadership team that was set four years ago was to make sure that we were a, you know, a full force remote working organisation by 2020 wow. <laughs> and it's like wow. who could have predicted that i mean wow. definitely not under these unfortunate circumstances um and terrible that they are uh but because of this psyche that we created and the skill set that we started developing with the team and the practice that we had the practice run that we had in january with the influenza outbreak we were really able to kick straight into action and what does that mean um because we kept such a close eye on what was happening uh we were able to uh, take preemptive action and the preemptive action that we took initially was we sent people home before who declared COVID-19 a pandemic. Now, that in anyone's mind, when you're a team member of Marine Traffic, was a huge vote of confidence that we weren't being reactive and we weren't waiting to be told what, what to do. Um, we, we did what we felt was right to do for the sake of our team. And fundamentally, we've said this all along, it's about protecting our team because without our team, we don't have a resilient business. So within hours of making the announcement, everyone was home. And yes, there were some teething problems. We had some tech issues, internet connectivity, um, some hardware that was needed to be distributed. But within a week or so, like it was a full operation running globally. And I can't tell you the comfort and the peace that we all felt knowing that we were able to continue to push forward a business and have everyone in the safety of their homes. But we knew that, as, as we've mentioned, it, it doesn't start 
and stop there. there. There are so many other things that we need to do to make sure that the team are connected. And we really ramped up communication. So every fortnight now we have a global meeting where we get the whole team together from all around the world. And we try to shift time zones whenever we can to have as many people from around the world as possible. And those meetings, as we said at the very first one, where we set the charter for, for how we move forward, we said that a crisis can, can either break us or it can make us. And we're choosing for it to make us. And we're going to make this make us. And what does that mean? Um, it's all about bringing our team together, giving them the skill sets that they need, the tools that they need to continue to drive their business forward, all along, though, feeling safe and secure and being there for people unconditionally, understanding that people are people. And as we navigate through these crazy times, and it's been crazy for the whole world over the last few months, that there are no unrealistic expectations of um, productivity as it was. I'm not saying we drop off productivity, but it's a new type of productivity. It's a new type of flexibility. It's a new type of, of work. And in that process of finding their flow and their rhythm, people need time. They need to digest what is happening. Like there's a lot, there's a lot to take in. And I, I, don't, think, I don't think it's hit us and it won't hit us till we're looking at this period against Lomi in probably 12 months time. And, and hopefully we're out of the woods to some degree. Um, in 12 months, but we're going to look back and we're going to look at each other and go, what just happened? <laughs> totally. totally. They, were, they were talking about um, how you only know your post-traumatic, post the trauma, you know, like after, <laughs> after you're at the trauma and I feel, I feel like this period is just going to have such an impact psychologically on, on people and on employees and on companies and, and how they function. And um, you, men you mentioned a lot about uh, this period being a make or break for companies and, and that couldn't be more true. And I think- um, Spot on. Yeah, I think uh, also for, for our, our company, the way we looked at things was that, okay, wait, everything, we're in, the, we're in the maritime business, pretty much everything shut down. So we could just like really work on things that we wanna work on and nobody's here to tell us, no, this can't be done because we see that there's a need and we're, we're just gonna go with it. And, and I think that the companies that, also the people that took the time to, okay, wait, they can assess where they are in life or what they want to, what they want to work on or what they want to do. And they could just go for it. There's total freedom. The way I saw it was that there's a blank canvas and I could paint whatever I want on it and I can do whatever I want on it. And that's how I looked at this period. And it's, it sounds like you guys did the same thing pretty much. And, and I think absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Shlomi. And I think people can view their work as a, as a blank canvas, as you said, uh, if and only they feel safe and secure. Because if people don't feel safe and secure in what they do and they don't feel supported and don't have the network around them to, to allow them to thrive, then w whatever is spun, nothing happens. And you know, earlier, you, earlier you mentioned that uh, we've engaged a, a coach, a full-time coach who's a fully qualified psychologist who's wow. part of our team. And, and her, she's amazing. And her role is to, to either proactively reach out or um, get people to, to make time with her just to talk through life, to talk through stuff, you right. know? The, the things that bother us, the things that hold us back, the things that we fear. And some of the stories uh, that, and the impact that she's had has been amazing, amazing. So it's, it's the complete picture. You also mentioned earlier, uh, giving the team a day off. Um, our CEO called it a recharge day. And, that day was just in total acknowledgement of 
guys, it's been, this has been hardcore. <laughs> this has been hardcore and you've all adjusted uh, beautifully to this new world that we're navigating through. And take a day, breathe, you know, go away, do what you need to do to just stop. Because what we inadvertently found and uh, what our leaders were telling us was that people, uh, you know, we talked about productivity uh, before. People were in fact working more, not less. Yep. You know, the, yep. the, the flexibility of having a computer that was uh, either in close proximity or connected to your palm, we were always on, we're always on. So it's our responsibility as leaders to be able to say, stop, stop and breathe, put the computer away, walk away, you know, because you also hit a tipping point of productivity and creativity that if you go too hard and you put in too many hours, then your brain gets fried. Yeah, you, you burn so there's only so much that you can do. Yeah. Yeah, I felt that actually, uh, like for the past week, I've actually really felt that. And yesterday, by coincidence or not, my battery, my phone battery died. And I was, I was uh, at my sister's in Tel Aviv. And I said, you know what, I'm not recharging my phone. I'm just gonna take a day off without my phone. And I was without my phone, without my computer. And, and I feel totally rejuvenated now. Just like de de uh, having like a digital detox, I think uh, from time to time is just so important. It's liberating. It totally is. And, you know, we work for tech organizations where you're, we're ruled by the tech that we, that we play with. And we have to be really aware of that. So we're not ruled by it and that we rule it, not the other way around. Totally. So I want, I want to ask you more about, about your career. I know that you mentioned um, uh, that you worked in a pharmaceutical company before you entered the maritime, uh, the maritime industry. What, what was that transition like? And what did you take with you from the a pharmaceutical world or the marketing world in pharmacy and, and applied it to the maritime world to help, uh, to help your company grow? Uh, it's, it's been it's just a, an amazing journey, life of learnings and disruption. And, um, you know, we're all kind of disrupting our, ourselves in a way and we don't even know it sometimes till you stop back and think. Um, I started off as a journo and I worked in the media for about five years before I joined, before I joined Pharma. Um, Media at the time was going through a massive transformation. Believe it or not, the internet was just starting to have impact. Like, yeah. uh, it feels surreal to even say that, but the internet, you know, like I remember dial-up, you know, that's how, where the funny sound that it used to make and all yeah. around. Um, when you download a file and then it was at 99.9% .9 for like 50 minutes. <laughs> yeah, right. What was up with that? <laughs> um, and very quickly, you could see, and we didn't know to describe it like that at the time, but even in the late 90s, being in the media, you could see that it was up for massive, massive disruption and massive, massive change. And already it started to affect the landscape in terms of um, economics and resourcing and all of that. So I, I fell into pharmaceuticals and in pharma, as you said, like I was there for 15 years. And the experience with pharma, particularly working for big multinational organizations, was an amazing training ground for learning systems and processes um, and knowing how to strategically build a business with a lot of thought and, and working closely with teams and collaboration. But more so than anything, it taught me how to work and how to engage with such a diverse group of people, people from all walks of life, you know, from our team members to our customers to the community that we were dealing with. And that for me, and not that the business side of, uh, of um, my learnings wasn't important, it is important. It served me really, really well. Um, but it's the skill set that we all develop uh, when you just have conversations and you listen and you listen to people. And 
that just it makes your mind go pop, you know, because it really broadens a perspective and 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 your thinking. Um, so that to me is a transferable skill, obviously, that continues to grow and develop from for all of us from company to company. And um, I think that's probably you know the exposure that I had was so many people now um, that with the skill set of uh, dealing with people in at times challenging situations and being able to listen to understand. Um, it's been a huge lesson, a huge lesson, lesson that, it's, that I've taken with me everywhere and continue to. Amazing. So where do you see right now the, uh, the, the industry going with, with, you know, the lockdown, the borders that are starting to open up again, you know, the need for, uh, for trade, for, for tourism and, and um, you know, people just want to, I guess, just get out on their boat and, just, you know, just breathe fresh air again. There are so many experts that are divided as to what will happen next, uh, what that will mean in terms of maritime and shipping. Will there be drops in trade? Uh, will there be a greater focus on, as you said, uh, local production, local support? Uh, who knows? But from a leadership perspective, and what each of us need to be exercising is to really focus on the now, like focus on what matters most right now. How do people feel? What do they need? And what are some of the scenarios that we can build together that we can anticipate? Because the other thing is, too, if, if you let this run wild in your mind, you can get pretty crazy, right? You end up like with a million scenarios. So you, you need to get at, at, at Marine Traffic, we've got our crisis management team and our COVID-19 task force. And we get together every single week and we talk about the different scenarios. And we always only settle on two. And around those scenarios, we build uh, context of what is a scenario, what are the solutions, what do we do, and what ifs, and we prepare for, for those. And because we're getting together on a weekly basis, um, we can anticipate any changes and factor in any changes that we may experience as an industry or as a business. Um, so whilst we keep an eye on uh, what the industry pundits are saying and what the world is doing, there's only so much of that that we can control. Um, what we try to focus on is what is actually in our control. And the conversation that we had with our team last week along those lines was about acknowledging that we're actually coming out of a shell, you know, out of a shell that, ha that we know is quarantine. Um, we've socially distanced from each other and we've all become very risk averse because of fear. And as we come out of this shell, it's really important to be aware of that. Because if we let that attitude permeate into everything that we do, then we stop taking risks and we stop experimenting and we stop innovating and we stop being bold. So our, our challenge to the team was be bold, mm -hmm. challenge the status quo, continue to really shake things up and don't be complacent. Um, let us worry about health and safety. Obviously exercise your own responsibility in that space as well. But don't let the shell of quarantine, like don't carry that around with you, you know, because if, if we're not conscious of that, then it will, it, it'll permeate through everything that we do. And then that's when businesses go backwards and innovation stops. So that's one thing that, um, that we're really focusing on because it's really about changing the narrative as well. Um, moving forward, what does that mean? What does that look like in the context of, so many, so many deaths and a pandemic and who knows what happens next. Moving forward is really, really important and not being uh, frozen by fear because that's, that's dangerous. 
Mm -hmm. Do you see um, a potential shift right now? Um, people will use more boats for transportation rather than aviation? Uh, look, it's interesting. I mean, uh, we know what's happened to the cruise ship sector and they're going to have to do some, some real work in that space to uh, make people feel safe and secure and, and reassure them. Uh, a lot of work that needs to be done uh, there in that space. And, you know, it's a real challenge because it's a sector and an industry that employs just so many people. Um, but one thing that we know about these types of disruptions is that they force you into a corner. You know, they force you into a corner and um, you may have been complacent up until a certain point, but once you're in the corner, you need to find a new way to get out. So I'm confident that... Um, the companies, the people, the industries that will continue to uh, experiment um, will show us the way forward. Um, the ones that are expecting things to go back to the way they were pre-COVID, um, they're in la-la land. It's not going to happen, you know, and it's not going to happen. And, and, if it, and if it was to happen and they did get away with that, what a missed opportunity. <laughs> what, a, what a missed opportunity to really redesign and reinvent everything that we do, you know? Like, we have to we have to make this count for something, you know, and we can't just shelter in place, wait for it to go away and then reemerge as if nothing happened. It's, that's a waste of a crisis. And don't get me wrong. What's happened is tragic. It's horrible. And, you know, we're in, we're in fortunate countries at the moment, both you and I, where we have barely felt the impact, but some of the stories that emerge from around the world, I mean, they're nothing short of horrific. So, what scares me is the complacency that people are displaying already, you know, because there's almost like a, a sense of urgency to get back to life as we knew it. But it, it's not going to be life as we knew it. And that's not a bad thing, you know? So, yeah, it's an, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting area. Yeah, so, I mean, for me, a few, um, I think it was two weeks ago, I was driving around and... I went to went to a beach and I've never seen it as polluted as it was. Hmm. It was it was just so depressing. And I was going to I was going to say that you know we deserve another few years in quarantine just because we don't we didn't learn anything from from our actions and you know you talk about it would be a missed opportunity and and I totally agree with you. And um think about uh it's about time I think that you know we raise more awareness or you know educate um educate more about environmental impact and you know it's you know nature nature's stronger than us and i'm really sad to hear that that specific example like we love the water we love a beach we want it to be a clean beach for all the good reasons that we know um and you know the fact that that happens not just where you're at but in different places um around the world at the moment uh, post quarantine, you, you know what it does? It, it actually fires me up, and it fires me up to continue to tell the story, to really uh, push and 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 challenge the thinking, and really be provocative in a respectful way, but be provocative, and and have these types of conversations. You know, what, one thing that's a driving force for me, and that I tell almost everyone that we listen to, is is the power of thirty thousand, and. Um, I read some, somewhere many, many years ago that if we're lucky enough to live to uh, 82, 83 years of age, um, it translates to 30,000 days. That is it. 
So when you think about how old you are now, um, how many days you live and potentially how many more days you have to live. Well, if nothing jolts you into action to be more and do more and see more and do the right thing, then the nothing will. So that for me is a constant reminder um, for myself, but also to inspire others as well. Uh, Nico, thank you so much, man. This has been great. Pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. It's good to see you. Hope to catch up in person as well. Thank you for watching our Future of the Industry series. Be sure to follow us and subscribe to our channel to receive more great and relevant content from industry leaders of the maritime industry.